All right. Welcome to Peak Minds. I'm here with my new friend, Rod, who's the founder and CEO of one of my favorite apps, which is called Open. And I wanted to have him on the show because, as many of you know, I've decided to take my health to the next level in 2023. And meditation has been a deep part of my journey now for, for over 20 years since I lived in Sri Lanka. Uh, and as many of you know, um, I actually had the honor to host His Holiness the Dalai Lama for his 80th birthday around uh, an event centered around meditation in 2015. But I'm always looking for new ways in which to popularize meditation, I think, especially in this era of, of mental health challenges and um, the, the incidence of stress, which I think is, is sort of unprecedented in, in, in history. So I've been a huge fan of, of, this, of this tech because I think it, it both has incredible meditations, but also I, I really love the emphasis around connection and community. So, uh, Rod, it's, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. Happy to be here, sir. And uh, you're also a friend in Venice. Uh, how is it over there at the moment? Oh, it's nice. Uh, a little overcast this morning, but it's been a it's been a nice holiday week. A little bit quieter on the streets of Venice for sure. Oh, yeah, I love it. I fly back tomorrow, uh, and I'm going to be kicking off uh, my New Year's challenge, which I'm going to invite a lot of uh, the listeners into. Which for me is going to involve daily meditation breath work and, and yoga in addition to uh, frequent hit training. And I'm going to be doing the breath work as well as the meditation uh, together with you and the open community. And I wanted to just have an opportunity to share with, with the audience what, uh, what open is and how you came up with the idea. Well, first of all, congrats on the commitment. And I'm going to do that with you. I'm going to be on this challenge tip as well. Um, let me know where you're doing some of your high intensity training. We'll have to link that through. Um, and also you can do the move and the, the movement and yoga stuff uh, with open as well. So let me know when you want to come by the studio and do some in-person move or do it on the app as well. Um, but yeah, opens a mindfulness studio. And we got started on the premise that um, if we led with the direct experience as the teacher, if we really led with experiential knowledge, that that might be the most immediate way to communicate the power of all these different modalities and tools that we have here on the menu at Open, so to speak. So uh, breath work, meditation, movement modalities like yoga, really combining mind, body, and breath in a way that really lands with a modern consumer in a way. What have you found in, in the response from, from the community? Because I, I love the way that you prioritized the, the community's engagement within the tech, but what, mm. what has been some of the feedback that you found? And obviously I know, I know you're also doing, you know, in-person studios, which we can get to, but what have you found in terms of feedback? Like what have, what have been some of your surprise noticings or the most profound realizations since you've launched? I think even with all the mental health factors or things that you can read on paper, I think it's still been surprising to see even in my most immediate community that I thought was already embracing of a lot of these 
techniques and modalities or these tools, if you will, that, you know, they were still looking for that nudge. They were still looking for something to give them that, like, um, how should I say it? Enabling factor to make it easy, to make it relevant. Um, so I guess the most surprising fact is just that how many people still are not leveraging <laughs> these things that can have such a direct impact on your well-being. And it's not anyone's fault, really. Um, I think that a lot of these modalities have been having a conversation in a silo. Uh, you know, um, meditation is for your mind. Uh, movement is for your body. Breath is for, you know, your nervous system. But the way we like to approach it and the way we like to talk about it is that you can't really measure where one starts and where, where the other ends, but that these can actually work in harmony with one another in a way that can be really powerful for you. And I think that's really resonated with the community, both those that I know directly in the community and those abroad that they're saying, wow, here, it, here's a really elegant presentation of all these things in one place. Yeah. I, I resonate with that a lot. I actually, think about it a lot in the context of healthcare, you know, and mm. there are definitely aspects of Western medicine that I'm profoundly grateful for. Obviously, you know, if I, <laughs> you, God forbid you break a bone, like I'm going right to the doctor and, uh, yeah. and, and at the same time, you know, the degree to which um, I think healthcare is one, not preventative, but two is oftentimes not holistic, right? We don't look at the connection between symptoms and what is at the root cause of a lot of the challenges we face, which is why yeah. I've, I've really loved getting into sort of um, working with more naturopathic doctors and, and functional medicine practitioners. But I feel right. like I feel like that's one of the things that I've realized. So I've been a, a meditator for, for a number of years, I'd say now uh, better than uh, 20 years. Um, however, breath work has been a newer aspect of my practice. And, you know, in doing the research sort of realized that, you know, it's good for, for, you know, blood pressure. I'm using the the aura ring and, and I'm still trying to figure out how to hack my deep sleep, but I know that breath work is, is a huge uh, beneficiary as it relates to deepening sleep respiratory function, immune system. I had the pleasure of having like Wim Hof and Laird Hamilton on and, and did sort of tumor breathing with them. And oh, nice. uh, dude, I'm fascinated by it. Like how did, what have you, what have you, what have you learned as it relates to sort of the efficacy or the benefits of, of breath work in particular? Yeah, I think it's just fascinating. We have this thing going on underneath our nose, <laughs> in and out of our mouth suboptimally, but we have this thing, just running on autopilot and herein lies the power to actually modulate your nervous system on demand. You can upregulate, you can downregulate, you can come to a state of calm just by, you know, purposely modulating it to the degree that you want to. Um, and again, it's a, some, it's something that we are completely disconnected to. I, I I agree with what you said about healthcare. I mean, um, there's no replacing it for the things that it's absolutely vital for, but, and it's not, a, it's not interesting for me to actually um, investigate the intent or to make any side of this, a bad guy, but it is true that the current system around healthcare is in a way disempowering individuals from taking agency over their own well-being. right? The, the, do this, do that. I won't tell you, or I, we're not going to really get you the context of how 
you arrived at whatever you're experiencing is take these pills and, you know, it'll go away. If not come back to me, um, it really disempowers folks from taking their own health into their own hands. And I think that, you know, that really is a connection when you start to meditate and you start to observe where your thoughts go, you start to observe your sensations, you start to observe reality you start to take the the connection between you and your body and your experience of life really strengthens. Um, and back to breath work, it's just, there's no more immediate uh, kind of benefit you can get um, nothing more fast acting. And that was kind of the initial inclination was here's all these tools that we know are good for you, you know, the mind body spectrum um, how can we make the experiences more engaging uh, where people can realize the benefits of the practice and uh, breathwork is kind of top of the list. You know, we were holding pop-up experiences in San Francisco when we first got started and we were running breathwork experiences where people were doing, you know, active breathwork for 20 plus minutes at a time. And then combining that with sound experiences with over tone emitting instruments and, you know, it, was a pretty powerful concoction and um, people came out of those experiences, not wondering if it worked um, as you might hear after somebody might do some breath observation for five, 10 minutes and maybe leave frustrated. Um, so yeah, it just offers this um, immediate gateway, if you will, into a whole host of things that can offer you a similar agency over your experience. Beautifully said. Yeah, I feel like the fastest way, you know, the fastest way to have efficacy over changing your state, whether it's upregulating, sort of downregulating your nervous system is the breath. Yep. And I feel like whenever I find myself in a in a in a moment of acute stress, um, I try to move. So physically, you know, mm -hmm. move my body um, and then secondarily become more intentional um, with my breath. And I, I think it's one of the most potent, uh, yet overlooked aspects of our life. We're, we're not taught. I mean, there's a lot of things I think we could incorporate in a, in a 21st century curriculum that are not, that are not present, <laughs> but, uh, but I definitely think breathing in breath is, right. is one of the most central in terms of the profound efficacy that it can have uh, on your life. Why am I learning about the war of 1812 before I'm exactly. looking <laughs> how I can actually modulate my nervous system. Yeah. The, the prioritization is a little bit off. I think our anatomy and our physiology is just such a fascinating, um, endless trove of, uh, of information that can empower us. And yeah, no, it's completely lost, um, in our education or in a profound way, at, at least it was for my upbringing in the West suburbs of Chicago. <laughs> which is where I am right now, actually. I'm in, I'm in Chicago at, uh, at my folks house as we just celebrated Christmas. I know you and I bonded on that before, but yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting because thinking about Christmas, um, you know, I would say that several of my relatives are not exactly in the uh, meditation camp. Um, mm -hmm. But what's been interesting is uh, even I think in the, in the suburbs of Chicago, I'm now getting asked about the efficacy of things like mm -hmm. meditation and breath work, oftentimes more from a, for lack of a better term, productivity or anxiety reduction, sort uh -huh. of stress mitigation, you know, a lot of business minded, yeah, even right. 
people uh, that are that are like you know previously this had been seen as kind of woo woo or hippie ish, and now mm-hmm. it's it's kind of crossed I think the barrier thankfully into more of the mainstream and 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 people see um, the benefits and you know we do live in a uh, for better and worse kind of performance obsessed culture um, yep. and I think the 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 both what's interesting i think about both meditation and breath work is it can put you in a place where you're less uh concerned about that performance uh, mm. and ironically also enhance your performance so it kind of mm. has that benefit at least in my mind of both kind of changing the nature of which you perceive uh the world around you but also enhancing your ability to participate within it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot there to scratch on, but one, I'd be remiss if I didn't admit that I was one of those people in a way. I, um, my actual, my introduction to the practice was more through, um, spirituality. I I grew up praying. Um, I, I grew up Muslim. I grew up praying and going to the mosque and, that's every bit of meditation, right? It's basically a mantra meditation, especially if you don't know the language that you're reciting. Um, And so I had a pretty ardent practice for years and years before I actually fell out of practice with the religion, fell out of belief with the religion. And I kind of left everything that was good that came with it, including the practice. And it was in my early twenties where a professional mentor actually introduced me to meditation. And I was in this kind of, you know, early twenties peak ambitious mode where, yeah, my curiosity around meditation was completely um, aroused by um, the folks that I knew had, had done that to unlock some, something, some greater performance in their life essentially. So yeah, I'm really, it's interesting to see those breadcrumbs and the patterns of those breadcrumbs, because ultimately that is part of our mission at open is to figure out what are the gateways into the practice? Because we know that once people actually get a taste of what it could feel like to use your words, to experience life in that way, then we know that even if you fall off the habit that you'll come back. Right. And we know that um, to whatever degree that you practice um, kind of the fundamentals or the values of the practice that those can stay with you. You know, it can be a lifelong practice. Um, but no, it's definitely, you know, we, and we owe a lot of credit to kind of the meditation landscape 1.0 for popularizing, um, really investing in a lot of the more modern research and interpretation to um, Western validate and of the efficacy of, of these ancient practices, right? Um, but unfortunately, we also owe it to um, a crippling state of mental health um, and therefore overall well-being that's taken place over the last two decades and only accelerated in the last few years. So, um, you know, people's attention is under attack. Our ability to sustain it is um, completely under siege. And the downstream effects of that on our health is pretty staggering and you're seeing it all around you. So I don't think that, you know, the Midwest is at all immune from that. We all have our phones, we all have our screens. Um, And, you know, I think people are 
there's an emergence of uh, reaching for, needing for, unfortunately, um, these tools as not only a gateway to uh, purpose and meaning, but to your point, more acute stress points like, you know, anxiety or loneliness and depression. Um, and so, yeah, we're just at a very interesting time where we're <laughs> reaching back to the fundamentals to just have a grasp of uh, the life that we're experiencing. Yeah. Well said. I feel like I, I often think about sort of ancient technologies, which I put meditation in, um, yep. having lived in, in, in Sri Lanka in a, in a pr- primarily Buddhist uh, country where I was initially introduced to Vipassana meditation mm. uh, and have done Vedic meditation, which is a bit more mantra based. I now have a, have my own sort of practice, but but I think about ancient technologies and, and how the world must have been, say, you know, 2000 plus years ago in the time of the Buddha, which is obviously fundamentally different than the circumstances we find ourselves in, 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 you know, 2022 on the verge of 2023, as we're recording it, there's a, there's a famous Terrence McKenna quote, which I, which I like, which, which is the world has changed more since, you know, 1992 than it did in the previous thousand years. And whether that's historically accurate or not, <laughs> I can't say, but I, but I do think we are, it, it speaks to the fact that we're living in this sort of time of exponential change. And yeah. we have this biology and psychology that is largely evolved in a tribal context for most of, of human history. And now we're living in a, in, in this, in my belief, kind of a fallacy of individuality and disconnection mm-hmm. when we are inherently inter, interconnected and interdependent and, yep. and, and being besieged with more stimuli and experiments as it relates to how technology and, and humans can interact, uh, much of which has negative consequence. But I, I do think there are positive aspects I was actually recently on a, a retreat with a friend in Italy and she was a yoga teacher in Turkey. And she talked about actually how having access to these meditation platforms like open uh, is for her revolutionary because she in the middle of Turkey doesn't have access to the teachers that we often take for granted in, you know, in places like Venice, uh, California, where you, yep. you know, you can go to, you know, some of these epic teachers and they're, they're mm-hmm. at, they're, they're at easily at arm's reach and having lived in a village in Sri Lanka, um, you know, I do see the power of, of connecting to like-minded people and having access to teachers, um, that really resonate because many people I think around the world don't necessarily have that, uh, equitable access, if you will. Um, But the question is, how can we use technology and technological platforms as as a way to enhance connection and and community as opposed to degradate um, that sense of connection and mental well-being? And that's actually one of the things that you and I talked about in our last conversation, which I really resonated with, which is the notion of, of how can we create uh, a sense of connection and community through these practices and, and, and how can technology actually help uh, foster that rather than be uh, detrimental in that regard? Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, we need new platforms. Uh, again, I, I'm less interested in kind of tearing down existing platforms, which is a temptation, but we, ju- we just need more new platforms to emerge and, um, you know, it wouldn't be the first time 
there there were well-being brands that emerged that <laughs> um, that provided connection between people all over the world, um, sharing a set of principles, sharing a set of values, uh, sharing a, a kind of a way and a, an approach to life, um, and then you know gathering at certain times of the year or certain times of the day or certain times of the week um, to practice. Mm-hmm. And uh, to practice in community to, um, with those values and those shared sense of beliefs in mind. Um, I'm obviously, I think, <laughs> uh, alluding to religious institutions that have provided so much well-being benefit over the years and community give back. So I think the role of technology and kind of emerging brands can be how do you actually increase the level or the feeling of intimacy that you are not doing these things alone. Yeah. Right. And that uh, when we talk about these shared sense of beliefs, that there's the values that these platforms are sharing are ones that resonate with those communities. And therefore they opt into these communities. And then when they practice or they engage with this type of content, that there's a certain level of intimacy, some a certain level of proximity is felt um, when they're doing that. Um, so yeah, I think it's like, you know, we're interested in, uh, those types of features and tools where, you know, Michael, when you're, when you practice every day for the next month on the open platform, I'm going to see that on the feed and I'm going to engage with that. Right. I'm going to, uh, comment on that or plus that up and that might feel good, you know, and that might feel good that, your practice is being seen or you might then look at my um, activity and say, Oh, wow. I didn't, I haven't consumed that experience or that piece of content. Let me check that out. And now, you know, you just consume something around attachment and so did I, and we kind of have stepped one step forward with each other in our understanding of how to experience life. Um, And we weren't in the same room, um, but the technology was kind of, enabling that commingling, if you will. So, yeah, I think it's taking a lot of the existing features and tool set that's already out there um, and being leveraged to different ends and applying it to um, these types of modalities. Yeah, I feel I feel like it's so powerful in a way. I mean, as I, I shared with you, I'm writing a book and it's, it's kind of about the this notion of, of relationships in the 21st century and, and, a, and a kind of a different take on relationships. The way I describe mm-hmm. it is what's the music that wants to live in the space between two people and how do we become instruments <laughs> for that song? And uh-huh. one of the things I think people I've, I've done, I've realized in the research that have the hardest time with is actually connecting to strangers or like outreaching to people they don't know. And one of the things that really resonated uh, with me on what you just shared is when you create technology where there's a natural point, an, a natural inception point around a shared interest, it provides mm-hmm. fodder for a beautiful song to emerge. In other words, if I know that you're passionate, not only about meditation, but we, we've we also shared, you know, a similar, uh, a shared experience in, you know, uh, consuming stuff around attachment it's a natural uh, point to outreach and, and reach out to you and say, Hey man, you know, what was your take on, 
on attachment, here's a great resource, you know, like, I don't know if you've ever read, you know, this Buddhist text and, you know, I love the, I love the Buddhism, right. you know, take on, on non-attachment, you know, whatever it is that, that shared experience then becomes, um, becomes the context for outreach and a, a place of, of, of mutual ground. And I feel like whenever you have mutual ground, that's the, that's the genesis for a potential connection. And yep. especially with strangers and technology, you know, like I, I feel like that's where it becomes really interesting because you can you can you can get in you can get things kicked off and enter into a place of rapport and also suggest, you know, f- further shared experiences because you already know that you you care about similar things. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to use that. I'd lo- uh, what instruments would we play? Um, that's, that's really lovely. And, uh, I, I like that that leaves some interpretation to, you know, the ways you would opt into various different relationships and wavelengths of relationships as well. But yeah, I think community is really the byproduct of a shared experience. I, I think I like that's a very elegant, um, way of thinking about it. I often think about community through the lens of going out to dinner. And, yep. you know, we go to Jelena. Are we going to eat food at Jelena? Or are we going to hang out? Well, the shared experience of eating the food is what got us there. The community ends up being the byproduct, right? Uh, okay, we'll stay, right? And so it's, you got to have both, I think is uh, maybe the, the point that's important, feels important to me. It also feels important to say that, you know, not everything needs to end up in marriage. Not everything needs to end up in friendship. (laughs) Um, You know, there's a a great sense of community in a greeting and seeing somebody, you know, at the same class every Friday um, and giving them a smile um, and being seen. There's, you know, belonging in the teacher acknowledging that, you know, you've done, you've been here, you know, four days in a row, or you, you've kept your practice, or, oh, I haven't seen you in a while, even, you know, there's, there's real community that happens um, without having too deep, having to go too deep, I guess, on the the depth of the relationship. Hmm. I think what, I think what, what hits on that for me is, I think there's there's sort of levels, if you will, um, to to relating. And, you know, I think many of us yearn for a depth of relationship, but that doesn't mean that, you know, there isn't value and virtue in just seeing someone who, you know, maybe you're not the best of friends, but but you share time and you and you share a mutual respect for kind of commitment to practice. Like I've been um, I don't know if I've shared this with you, but I've been uh, a member of a place called Sheffa Yoga, which is in, which is in Venice. And yep. you know, there's a guy uh, Yancey who I love to go to his class. And um, you know, I I don't think I've talked to 95 percent of the people in that class. <laughs> and at the same time, I kind of respect that they're there. Like they I don't. It, it, it sort of speaks to your point. Like there's a piece of me that finds comfort and resonance. And, and also somehow an inner acknowledgement that mm. I show up enough to recognize these people and that we're all committed to, to, to this, this beautiful song and this beautiful practice. And, mm. 
you know, and, and then on the other hand, some of those relationships have, have, you know, have been fostered in really unique ways. You know, I mean, I think so much of our culture and acculturation has, has developed around, Hey, you meet new people, especially in places like this in Chicago, you know, where it's a sports town, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, you go to the bar and you have a drink and like, that's the, that's the common ground, right? Like we right. watch the bulls or we watch the bears. And by the way, I, I love sports. So this, this is not a, a slight, another, no, no, it's another well-being brand. Uh, yeah, ex- it can be except, except oftentimes, <laughs> at least in my experience, <laughs> depends who your team is, but yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. One, it could be an emotional <laughs> roller coaster, but two, at least uh, back in the day, I would, I would, a lot of that bonding would happen over alcohol. And, right. um, and for me, uh, you know, and I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I'm not necessarily, um, you know, always off alcohol. You know, I drank a bit over, over the Christmas holiday, but I will say, you know, when I took a, a year and a half, I took about a year and a half off drinking alcohol. One of the things I realized was there's so many ways to connect with other people that don't have to revolve around that social, quote unquote, social lubricant. And I feel yeah. like creating environments um, around practices like meditation, around practices like breath work. Uh, for me, also the yoga studio, which I'm super pumped to try your physical location. Cause I also think as someone who, I don't know if you, I shared this with you, but my background was launching something called Global Citizen, which is a music festival. But as oh, movement, right. movement director, a lot of the, the architecture for me was around like, how do we create a potent shared experience that's truly global? And how do we encourage our shared humanity? And for me, it was like, well, music is one of the most potent bonding forces, regardless of even if you speak the same language, we can all we can all gather around a shared love of of music or a shared love of a song. And and then but then also this this notion of how do we combine both digital, you know, because we created a a digital platform as well, which incentivized people's action. So we asked for their action rather than their, their finances. And we, we leverage that to create philanthropic contributions, um, Mm. but also create physical, um, uh, an opportunity for people to connect in person. Right. So those who are really active, you know, they would come to the festival and they would win tickets. They wouldn't buy tickets. They'd win tickets to central park. And I often think in this era that it's so potent if you can have both a place for people to connect in the digital commons, but then also provide an opportunity for them to connect in real life. And I know one of the things that you and I talked about in our last call that really stood out to me was that you really, you really care about that physical space as well. Um, and, and yes, you're creating a digital tech platform, but I remember you sharing with me when you actually spoke to investors, you lead with the fact that, you know, you're, go- you're building physical locations and that's important to you. And you use that as a qualifier because you wanted people who are on board, even though that's not, you know, necessarily aligned to a scale only scale at any cost. Right. It's more, it's more a principle. You, 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 you gave a shit about it. And I feel like to me, I really resonate with that in what you're up to because I feel like, when you can combine digital and physical, it's truly, truly uh, potent. Um, and yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit of your perspective on like how you think about connection and community um, in, in that way, like how you think about, you know, digital and physical space. Yeah, thank you. And uh, thank you for sharing that perspective. And uh, it's nice to hear about Global Citizen. We should jam more about that offline, by the way. Uh, it's a huge part of our experiences always has been we kind of we we 
talk about it as a modality, as a technology interchangeable with any of the techniques we've been talking about, actually. So um, sound and music. But yeah, on the the on and offline nature of what we do, it uh, reminds me of the gradient of experience or the layers of um, relationship that you were just speaking about. Um, You know, there's, there's some practical and pragmatic realities of just, um, you know, how long it takes to scale physical locations versus how long it takes to scale a digital product. Um, I don't think that's really the spirit of the, the question. I think that what I heard more in the spirit of the question is, okay, but why, <laughs> why is it so important? And, um, ultimately it comes back to thinking through the lens of the user's journey or the mm-hmm. practitioner's journey. Right. And, you know, I, as a designer, you think about constraints and different constraints create different uh, possibilities and, um, and create different fundamentals to the experience. And what you can do on a digital product is just inherently different than what you could do in person. Right. And then what you can do in person in a studio environment in one class is inherently different than what you can do on a retreat experience for three days, five days and 10 days. And so for me, it's really about a spectrum of experiences that have different constraints that you can create within and design experiences that give different depths Um so that you can kind of come in contact with the practice in different ways. So, and maybe a more straightforward way, a digital product makes it really easy. We're interested in experiences that make it really easy that allow you to stick with a meditation, a breath work, a daily movement practice from home. Something you can do five minutes, 10 minutes, it's in your pocket and you can immediately connect to the studio at large by opening this app. When you wanna do something that uh, a little bit more immersive, a little bit longer format, um, you can go into your studio and you can be in community with others more directly. You can engage with your teacher directly. And then when you become, which inevitably happens if you string together enough days, um, maybe the 30 days that we're about to encounter will (laughs) uh, inspire us, Michael, to do a another retreat again soon, but maybe it inspires a retreat experience where you say, wow, that this stuff is really powerful. And I just, I feel like there's more and, um, you know, that that's a different set of constraints. So it's really in empathy and in compassion of the user's overall journey that you would want to, as a brand, stand up um, end to end the possibilities of where the practice could go. And so that's where it comes from. It comes from a first principle approach of saying, Hey, I want to build an ecosystem around a way of life that is informed by mindful practice, mindful living, sustainable living. How do I do that? How do I meet the user where they're at in their journey every step of the way? And that's the spectrum that is from digital to in person. Mm. Yeah, I think um, that's actually a beautiful point to to acknowledge that I think in that journey, um, it would be 
be potent to share a little bit about this this 30-day challenge that I, I think collectively a, a, a large number of people are going on um, through through open. But I'm also going to be leading my own community through this um, basically free challenge. I mean, you, you've offered me uh, a code, which I'll link below in the show notes, where people can get free yep. access to the platform for the entire month of January. And I'm committing to do uh, breath work as well as meditation on a daily basis through January. I'm also going to add my own elements, which everyone's you know welcome to participate in. It's totally free. Um, and I feel like it's a great way to, to build uh, new habits, to incorporate. You know, I was just listening to James Clear this morning on Peter Tia's oh, podcast. Nice. Yeah, and he was talking about, you know, they, they were distilling down. Like if there was one thing you could do to, to encourage habit formation, what would it be? And he was like, you know, he talked to this guy who lost a tremendous amount of weight. And he was like, look, his promise to himself was like, I'm just going to show up to the gym for five minutes. Right. And of course, you're not going to have tremendous <laughs> results in five minutes, but that wasn't the point. The point okay. was he consistently committed to going every day to the gym. And that led to a whole uh, habit formation, which then created a cascade of results in his life. And so for me, I have much bigger vision for, for 2023 and beyond. But the way that I'm approaching it is I'm committing you know, to 10 minutes a day on my meditation and breath work beyond that. Um, and then I have other elements, yoga and HIIT training, but I, I know that that's going to lead to, uh, an aspects of life that I can't even, you know, fathom, right? Like maybe a connection to a new friend or a new romantic partner that eventuates out of a class or, or maybe my, my book ideas just become way deeper because I'm getting now more into state or perhaps I drink, you know, drink less because, uh, you know, I want to keep my mind clear. I just think there's so many cascading influences that come. Um, so yeah, if you could share a bit more details, cause I'm going to invite, um, all the listeners to join me, um, on this journey about this, uh, this challenge, this open challenge, uh, and, and the sort of opportunity that I'm going to be able to present to folks, uh, for free, uh, that want to join. Yeah. Um, I love that example from James Clear. It's, <laughs> you know, I'd like to think overall, I'm a pretty disciplined person, maybe above average disciplined person and um, have stuck with some habits over time. But most of how I get into some of these habits is really tricking myself. <laughs> and that five minutes at the gym really reminds me of that. If you can just the, convince yourself to do the bare minimum amount and just show up, oftentimes you end up, going much longer, um, and being more, much being more, more deliberate once you've shown up. Um, but yeah, the challenge is it's going to be amazing. We've been doing it for a couple of years now. Um, all my friends do it and I get tremendous feedback on, um, just starting the year off with the right steps. And yeah, I, the, you can kind of choose your own adventure, in terms of how you want to build your practice and what you want to practice within the app. Again, um, you can do movement, you can do breath work, you can do meditation. It's all in there and you can navigate how you want to, you know, quote unquote clock in or show up every day. But the idea is that you do something, a little something every day. And that at the end of the, at the end of the month that you've kind of developed a habit around mindfulness. And so I'll be doing at minimum, the daily meditation in the app. That's the first thing that comes up. It's a combination of wisdom and practice, um, generally 10 minutes, um, plus or minus a little bit. So I'll be doing that every day. And 
I'll probably be combining it with a little bit of breath work and, and morning yoga at a minimum, if I'm not doing it at the studio. The nice thing is if you're local to Venice, we, you know, if, if you're practicing on the app and you go into the studio, we count the fact that you took a class in the studio as well. So I'll be taking a lot of classes in person. So yeah, that's, that's basically it. And the content is incredible. Um, We've got, incredible music in there uh we've got incredible silent practices it's just uh, a lot of great feedback we're getting on the content itself versus what's out there and yeah i encourage everybody to check it out i'll be in there i'll be liking your activity <laughs> checking out what you're doing and maybe trying out something new myself but yeah I th- i'm uh i'm excited for you michael i'm excited for both of us you know it's you've done, you've formed a habit before you've played with the practice before, you know, that uh, what you alluded to, that um, the momentum of stringing together days of experiences um, and really committing to more and more. Uh, it's, it's funny how the universe starts to conspire in your favor. It is. Yeah, man, <laughs> that, that, that's what it's about. Um well, man, thank you for t- taking the time today, brother. And I'm excited that we're going to be kicking off this journey together. Uh, I'm going to, for th- those listening, I'm going to link below my link, but it's basically uh, open backslash peak minds. And that'll give you free access to the platform. And, um, and yeah, my DMs are open. Uh, you can hit me anytime with any questions. Uh, I'll also be on the app uh, daily and uh and going after you know i think both building some 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 new habits i think deepening uh my existing practice and then you know my other hope is actually to build a new sense of community and connection with with folks um you know i i love i have a very growth oriented mindset you know i don't know if people have read zwick's book around uh you know fixed versus growth mindset but i have a very growth oriented mindset as it comes to relationships and I think we can just keep getting better uh, throughout our lives. And so that's my intention for 2023. And uh, I'm excited to to join you and, and others on that journey. Amazing, Michael. I'm excited. 